Welcome to the Bible Foundations program. I'm Jerry Smythe, and it's a joy to have you with us today as we continue our Bible study from Genesis chapter 4. Before we go on into our lesson today, I'd like to just remind us of the key points of our last time together. You remember the situation? Eve has succumbed to the seduction of Satan himself, who used the serpent. He questioned God. He said, did God really say that? And now Eve has eaten of the fruit because it looked like it was good for fruit. No matter what God had said, she now wanted to eat what looked good. And uh, then she wanted to uh, know what was, what was good and evil for herself. She didn't want to just take God's word for it, that it was best that she not eat of that fruit. So she ate of the fruit, and then she passed it on to Adam. She was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. He made a deliberate choice. These things are critical for us to understand, for our whole understanding of God's message to mankind hinges on these keys as we're studying the book of Genesis together. You see, at this point, Adam and Eve are absolutely terrified. You remember that they hid themselves and that they covered themselves with fig leaves. They made an apron of, the, uh, of fig leaves to themselves. And here they are now hiding from the presence of God. But my friend, let's remember that in their moment of terror, God was a God of compassion, a God of love. And you know what he did? He called out to them. He wanted them to have a chance to change their mind and, and, and repent, to change their mind about them, their sin and themselves and ask God what they should do. You see, God did not turn his back on them. He knew how they would respond in this situation, and he planned a way that we'll see that's very, very important for us. But listen, don't ever make light of God's holiness. God hates sin, and in this situation, while he lovingly calls out to them, he must curse sin. And that's precisely what he did. He gave a physical curse. There's always a physical consequence to sin, my friend. There's God's grace, all right, but there's God's government. And there certainly is God's government to be carried out in this situation. That's what happened. You see, the snake was cursed to crawl on the ground. And the woman was to have pain in childbearing. And she would be in subjection to her husband. And the man would only eat by the sweat of his brow. And he'd have to work with the thorns and the th thistles and the weeds and all the other pests that there are in order to provide for his family. Now, in the middle of all of this, God gave a picture of hope. You see, they're under the condemnation of sin. But God promised a deliverer. Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Here is the picture of the seed of the woman. You know the seed of the woman was talked about without a man being involved. You know what that's a picture of? That's the picture of the virgin who would bring the deliverer. The promise of a deliverer that would come strictly through the woman. There wouldn't be a man involved. And we'll see what that's all about later on. And uh, God promised a deliverer. Now, what did they need a deliverer for? They had been sold to the power of Satan. They had made a choice that Satan seduced Eve into, and Adam followed along under the guise of knowing what was good 
and what was evil, being able to decide for themselves, you see. Well, my friend, God never made us to be independent of him. He wants us to be dependent on him. Oh, not to be wimpish, my friend, but to recognize that he knows best for our daily lives. He knows what is best that we might live in fellowship with him. In their moment of terror, God shows his grace and his mercy, his compassion on them, you see. He, in a, as a compassionate father, gave them what was needed, not what was deserved. Oh, they deserved immediate annihilation. But you see, God had a plan that superseded even separation from himself at their moment of independence. He wanted to show his love to them and his mercy to them. Oh, he will always judge sin. And the payment for sin is death, my friend. And they died in their fellowship with God in the garden when they chose to believe Satan rather than God. But God in his mercy promises the seed of a woman. She would have children. She would have children, my friend. At the moment of her judgment, God gave her some hope. Now he went on to give her also the uh, judgment for her sin, that she would have pain in childbirth, that she'd be in subjection to her husband. But God gave what was needed. He gave the promise of a deliverer. See, he did not give them totally what they deserved. Now, would that mean they wouldn't die physically? Not at all. They certainly did. Uh, and everyone has died since that time. And uh, God kept his word in that respect. See, Satan tried to deceive the whole picture. But what he didn't know was that God had a better idea. He had a way in mind where mankind would be offered the opportunity to choose to obey God at a later point as well, you see. At this point, they, could, uh, they would have to accept their judgment, but God provided for them. Now we see that God also provided not a do-it-yourself religion or a do-it-yourself clothing, you might, like they had on. They, they went out and made fig leaves out of, uh, or made themselves an apron out of fig leaves, and God couldn't accept that. But God wanted to teach them some more about his plan for receiving the deliverer. And he now kills the animal in front of them. And then he makes the coats for their covering. And he puts them on it. My friend, God did it all. God provided. And that's what God is trying to teach here. He does not accept a do-it-yourself religion. The only way to God is God's way. And here he kills an animal by the shedding of blood. And he takes those skins off the animals and makes coats for Adam and Eve. And he puts them on them. You see, God did it all. That's a critical thing to remember, my friend, for God is our provider. He is our sustainer. And the only way to him is his way. We must come at his mercy and accept his mercy, recognizing that we fall short of any deserve at all. You see, it wasn't simply God's judgment that caused them to be taken out of the garden now. No, it was his mercy again. God was protecting them from eating of the tree of life in their sinful condition. God wanted to teach them and all mankind some things through this incident. And so he causes them now to be removed from the garden and he puts angels or cherubim there to guard the garden at the gate of the garden and he also places a flaming sword that turned every which direction and th that forced all mankind to be outside of the garden and now we see 
that you and I are outside of the garden just as Adam and Eve were, that their children are born outside of the garden, that there's no way back in to eat of that tree of life. You see, God was protecting them from eating of the tree of life in their sinful condition. Now we see that Adam and Eve are outside of the a garden and Eve conceives. Adam knew his wife and she bare Cain, the oldest son. And she said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. She recognized that God was the giver of life. And then again, she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Genesis 4, 1 and 2. You see, God now is taking great pains to explain to us his plan of redemption, his plan of the deliverer that would come. And now we see children being born to Cain, uh, to Adam and Eve. You'll remember that God had showed them what to do. Now, the scripture doesn't give us exact details of some of these things, but obviously by other comments in scripture, we know that God explained what he expected to them. And they said that if they were to come to him, that the only way he could accept them was that if they came with an animal and that animal's uh, blood would be shed because he wanted them to rem remember that the payment for sin is death. God couldn't accept anything other than what he required. And his requirement was the payment for sin being death. And in this case, the example of the death of an animal. Now, remember that the animal's blood could never pay for sin. It couldn't pay for their sin. But if they agreed with God that they were sinners and that only he could save them from everlasting punishment, then they were to bring a sheep and kill it as God had told them to do. Now, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, we read, In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Isn't it interesting here that both Cain and Abel believed in the existence of God? They'd been taught about, about God and had heard no doubt how of all of the events that we've studied all the way up through now. And both of them came to offer sacrifices to God. Now, Cain and Abel remind us of two different classes of people who attend church. Those who come to worship God according to man's ideas and those who come to in the way that God has said. Did you catch that difference? Those who come to worship God according to man's ideas and those who come in the way that God has said. Now let's just consider for a moment that just believing in God and offering to God what we think is very good will not make us acceptable to him. The Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. In this passage of Scripture, devils are referred to as the evil spirits who followed Lucifer when he chose to rebel against God, and they were all thrown out of, of heaven because they did not subject themselves to God. They wanted to be independent. They wanted to be like God, and Lucifer wanted to replace God. But God wouldn't accept that. You see, believing in God does not make Satan's or his demons acceptable to God. 
And as we go on, we'll see what will happen to Cain and Abel. Now, as we read in Genesis 4, 4, Abel brought one of his sheep as an offering to God. It was the firstborn lamb of its mother. Abel killed the sheep so that it, so that his blood ran out in just the right way. And he offered that sheep along with its fat to God. Now, why did Abel bring this offering to God? Because he agreed with God that he was a sinner and that only God could save him from everlasting punishment. Only God could save him from everlasting punishment. You see, Abel believed the promises that God had given his parents when they were still in the Garden of Eden. You remember that God promised that he would send a great deliverer. God promised that the deliverer would one day destroy Satan and save man from Satan's power. Remember, they were born outside of the garden. They were born as children of Satan, not the popular belief of being ch uh, children of God. Some people think that all are born children of God, but that's not what the Bible teaches. When they chose to disobey God in the garden, their children are now were born outside of, gar of the garden, separated from God with allegiance to Satan. And now God had promised a, that he would send a deliverer, and Abel believed that. Abel believed God's promise to send the deliverer that would destroy Satan and save man from Satan's power. Well, God was pleased with Abel's offering because he came God's way. You see, God was very pleased with that offering, and he accepted it. Now, it's important to understand that the blood of the animals could never pay for sin, and God did not accept Abel's lamb as the payment for sin. Sin must be paid for by the sinner, being separated from God forever. But God forgave Abel's sin and accepted him because Abel trusted not in himself or in his own way, but in God who had promised to send the deliverer. He came to God God's way. He came by faith. He came believing what God had said and believing God's instructions that had been passed down to him. God accepted Abel's sacrifice because he came in simple faith. But it wasn't that way with Cain. Let's look again at Genesis chapter 4, verse 5. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth. You see, God could not accept Cain's offering, and let's see why. Cain brought the things which he had grown. Now, was there anything wrong with what he'd grown? No, it wasn't God's way. Now, why didn't God accept it? Do you think God rejected Cain because the things he brought were not good enough there? They were not good fruit of the ground? Or was it because God doesn't like things grown from the ground? No, these are not the reasons, my friend. God, did God reject Cain's offering because Cain was a worse sinner than Abel? No, that wasn't the reason why God didn't accept him. You see, both Cain and Abel were born sinners. Both of them were born outside of the garden. They were descendants of Adam, and all descendants of Adam are born sinners. And here we see the example of that. Now, it's important that we have a clear understanding in our own minds why God rejected Cain and his offering, but accepted Abel and his offering. Now, you remember that the Bible is a commentary on itself that the Word of God gives its own answers within its own pages, that it complements itself, that it is, 
has continuity all the way from the beginning to end. And some parts of Scripture comment on others to give us more insight in what God uh, has in mind in situations just like this. And this is the case in Hebrews chapter 11. You see, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he also also tells us in that same chapter that Abel was a man of faith and Cain was not. Abel was a man of faith and Cain was not a man of faith. Then as we look back in the book of Romans, God tells us that faith is always based on the word of God. It's always based on the word of God. Romans 10:17 says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, this teaches us that to approach God in any way except the way God has told us is presumption and sin. And God will reject the man who tries to come to him his own way. Everything which originates with man is unacceptable to God. Did you catch that? Everything which originates with man or man's idea in here is unacceptable to God. Now, on the basis of God's word itself, we can be sure that Abel's faith was dependent on a clear directive given by God. It must have been, otherwise it wouldn't have been acceptable to God. Another indication is that Abel followed God's command, and and it's emphasized through Abel's action in bringing to God the fat of the lamb. Later in Scripture, God commanded Israel, that is the Hebrew people, to bring fat to him. You see, to suggest that bringing fat of animals uh, to God originated with Abel is contrary to the whole emphasis of the Scripture. God doesn't accept anything which originates with man. So God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but God rejected Cain in his offering. Now here's why. Cain didn't come to God admitting that he was a sinner. He came to God his own way. He wanted a do-it-yourself religion, you see. He wanted to come to God with the best of his own works and his own ideas. And that was not the way that God had commanded. Cain simply did not believe God. He didn't believe in what God had said and had shown was the way to him. He did not trust in the way God had told them to come. And that's why God rejected him. Now, you remember that Adam and Eve had made clothes for themselves and God did not accept that? Why did God not accept their clothing that they made? Because God wanted to show them that they couldn't make themselves acceptable unto God by anything that they could do. It had to be God's way and God's way alone. And animals had to die and their blood had to be shed so that Adam and Eve could have clothes and that would be acceptable to God because it was his way. Now it's the same way with Cain and Abel. God could not accept them unless they trusted in him and came his way. And God had said that. God had said that he would accept them only if they brought a sheep and killed it with the, uh, by shedding its blood. Abel believed God and came God's way, so God accepted him. Cain came trusting in his own way, so God refused to accept him. You see, God has not changed. He's still the same today. Although he does not command us now to sacrifice sheep, 
he still does stipulate that the only way anyone can come to him is his way, and we too must come to God God's way. He will reject us if we come our own way, He'll just as he rejected Cain. Now you remember in previous lessons that we talked about having cut a piece of branch off of a tree. And that when that branch was cut off of the tree, it was separated from its source of life. Because you see, it receives its source of life from the tree when it's connected. Now, just what if we try to take that old dead branch to that tree now, after several days or even several weeks have gone by, and we try to glue that back on? Do you think the lifeblood is going to flow through from that main tree? Uh, we even talked about a Christmas tree. And that Christmas tree was even separated from its stump in the ground, its source of life. And although we had purchased a living Christmas tree, it was dead. And it was already shedding its leaves. Now what if we go put it back on the stump? We've th we're finished using it. So we take it back out to the ranch or the place where we got it, the farm or whatever it might be, and we stick it on there and we glue it back in place. Do you think that the life will come back because we did all that good stuff? No, it doesn't take too much figuring to realize that you cannot join a dead branch back onto the tree or a Christmas tree that sat in your living room and shed more of its needles and then you go back and try to get the bre uh, the source of life to flow back into it. It just won't work that way. But you see, that's what we try to do as human beings. We spend a good part of our lives trying to find a way to reattach ourselves to the source of spiritual life. Many, take on, many people take on elaborate activities to try to make themselves appear very religious, like going to church and giving money to the church, doing all sorts of good deeds, being a good person, and any number of things. But can any of these examples tie us back into the source of life? No, my friend, we've been detached from before we were born because we are of the line of Adam. All men are of the lineage of Adam, and when his children were born outside of the garden, they're born detached from the source of life, you see. There's absolutely nothing they could do to restore their uh, themselves to the source of life. They had, had to come God's way. Sin has broken you and I. Sin has broken us off from God, just like that limb or like that Christmas tree that's broken off and severed from its source of life. Adam and Eve had disobeyed God, and they were separated from God. Therefore, they were separated from their source of life. Cain and Abel were born outside of the garden and were also separated from God. They could not bring themselves back into fellowship with God. Adam and Eve made themselves closed to try and make themselves appear acceptable to God. But God could not accept them, you see. God rejected their clothes. Cain came to God his own way, and God rejected him and his offering. Only God was able to make a way so that they could come back to him and he could be, they could be friends again. You see, we too are descendants of Adam and were all born sinners separated from God because Adam was our father. We cannot make ourselves God's friends. Only God can make a way for us to come back to him. Now let's read on in Genesis chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. 
And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Oh, my friend, can you see the loving heart of God now reaching out to Cain? He's trying to teach Cain. He's taking him by the hand and says, Cain, why are you angry? Don't you understand that I'm not turning my back on you? I'm not annihilating you. I'm not giving you anything but what's best for you. I'm only trying to teach you and help you understand that you can't do it yourself. You can't come to me your way. You have to come my way, which is by faith. And, and the demonstration of faith is come by the shedding of the blood of the animal in this case. But oh, my friend, do you see what happens in the heart of Cain right at this point? First of all, He's unbelieving. There was no faith in him. He didn't believe what his parents had told him, and he wanted to come to God his way. He thought those vegetables and those fruit that he had brought from his garden were so magnificent that surely God would, would be pleased with all of the labor that he had uh, put forth, all the sweat of his brow, and all of the fine things that had responded to his tilling the soil. But my friend, God could not accept that because it was not by faith. God wanted him to believe what he had told him and to come to him his way. So now we find that Cain had no faith. He was unbelieving. And because he's unbelieving, he's offended. He's offended that God would accept his younger brother's sacrifice. And he's offended that God would try to teach him. And he becomes jealous of his brother and angry and unteachable. And he's raging inside. God knew what was all going on inside of him, just as he knows what's going on inside of you and I. And God, uh, even though Cain refused to believe God and deliberately went his own way, God still reasoned with him. He says, come now, let us reason together, you see. And because of God's love and mercy, he talked to Cain and tried to get him to come to God the right way. God wanted Cain to know that he too would be acceptable if he came his way. God wanted Cain to know that he too would be acceptable if he came as his brother had come, believing God's word, offering the blood, and trusting in God and the promise of the deliverer. Now let's read Genesis 4, verse 8. And Cain talked with, his, with Abel his brother, and it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and slew him. Cain was very angry. Remember, no faith. He didn't believe what he had, been, had been passed on to him. He was an unbelieving son of Adam, and uh, he was offended, and he became jealous and angry and unteachable. God himself couldn't teach this individual. It was a matter of his will, and he was unwilling. Cain was unwilling to agree with God. Cain was unwilling to accept God's teaching. But, and so in the rage of his heart, he's very angry. Now, you see, he was not listening to God. He was listening to Satan, just as his mother and father had done in the garden. Many people today are just like Cain. They refuse to listen to God, and they end up hurting others as a result. Same thing happens. Unbelieving, offended, jealous, angry, unteachable, 
rage, murder, and so on. Violent crimes all around us, just like Cain's murder of his brother Abel. Sometimes the resu result of unbelief is less violent. It may show in bitter attitudes or selfish actions, but the result is always tragic and hurtful to others. You see, we see Satan leading Cain here. He's born a sinner. He's born with a nature to do it himself. And look what it's gotten him. He's born with a nature to be independent from God because his father and his mother had chosen to believe Satan rather than God. And here it is right in his heart to do that which is opposite of God. Cain was listening to Satan. That's who put it in his mind to kill his brother. Now you remember that we talked about Satan's deceitfulness. He wants us to think that we could never be like Cain. Oh, I would never do a thing like that. I could never hurt someone or kill somebody. But look how quickly Cain's anger flared. And look at the trail of sin and violence that has followed his rebellion. One of the things that many people fail to look at is that the way of sin is death. The way of sin is death, whether it be a violent murder or a slow process of uh, simply living apart from God and finally dying and going into eternity spent away from God's presence in the lake of fire. Originally, Satan had murdered Cain's mother and father. He had said to them, you will not die. You'll be all right. Don't listen to God. God is only trying to keep something good from you. But Satan knew that if Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that they would die. And he lied to them when he said, you will not die. Satan wanted Adam and Eve to die. And he wanted Cain and Abel to die as well. Satan is a murderer. Satan hates all people. And my friends, he'll lie and deceive everyone if we'll listen to him instead of listening to God. Thank you for tuning in to Bible Foundations. Join us again the next session as we continue to study how God keeps his word to all mankind.